0: Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. All right. Now joined by the man that has lived the life that we've all wanted to be, front and center for the Arizona National Championship, front and center for Arizona basketball color analyst games, and the man that also dropped a three-pointer on Reggie Geary in practice one time, the great Ryan Hansen. Hello, Ryan.
1: I love that intro. And my favorite part was dropping a three on Reggie Geary. It only happened once, but it did happen.
0: The best best defensive player in school history. You can tell your kids. You can tell your grandkids. You say, you know, you see that man right there? Look at me. That's three points in the bucket right there.
1: Love it. Love it. So,
0: Ryan, let's uh, let's get to it. To me, when I look at it, Arizona preseason number 17 in the rankings. And this goes to show me that – Arizona now, under Tommy Lloyd, has full respect from the national media, and here's what I mean by that. When you lose a Benedict Mathering, when you lose a Dalen Terry, when you lose a Christian Coloco, and you bring in a lot of guys, but unproven but talented guys, and the media still says, you're still a top-20 team, that to me is a national media that has bought in on Tommy Lloyd and the Arizona program that he's running.
1: Recognizing what Tommy's been able to do is, is pretty impressive, and I couldn't agree with you more when you – when you really take stock of what Arizona lost, uh, not only lost three draft picks, lost arguably the three most athletic players on their team, maybe in their position right. in their own conference. And, you know, in some cases nationally, is there a more athletic center last year than Christian Coloco? Uh, guess what? He's starting in the NBA. Right. Look at what Ben Matherin is doing. He's torching people right behind Paulo Banquero in regards to points. Uh, and we'll, we'll get all the national spotlight because of that. But uh, shifting back to what Tommy has, has built here, what he is working on and building, I think is probably the right phrase. He's not done yet. There's a lot to be, to be done. But the core of the guys that are coming back, the respect for what Tommy was able to turn around so quickly, uh, is definitely catching the eyeballs of people nationally. And I think you, me, and the locals here in Tucson, we did see it early. We mm-hmm. saw it last fall with Tommy, and I think the, the Las Vegas party that we had when, when Arizona was able.
0: Let's see here. You cut out for a second, Rhino. There you Let's go. about that. I'm back. Oh, you good. Um, yeah, so what I, but the thing that I find fascinating about Tommy Lloyd is he's a straight shooter here. People look at him on the sideline and they think, oh, you know, oh, shucks, happy-go-lucky. First of all, he'll get on his players when he needs to, but I keep going back to this. Last year at his opening media day conference, I'll never forget this. He was asked about his this team and he said, I know what good basketball teams look like. This is a good basketball team. Then he was asked about Christian Coloco and keep in mind, just for frame of reference, and you know this obviously, but Christian Coloco had played 12 minutes per game the previous year, always getting in foul trouble hands. And he said, I expect him to be in contention for the defensive player of the year in the conference. Lo and behold, both those things happened. And this year I asked him and he said, I expect us to be a tough out, which meaning I expect us to be good. And he said that he thought Pella Larson could compete for the defensive player of the year in the conference, which again, to some people might be like Pella Larson, but this man's got a track record by this point.
1: Yeah. And you look at uh, at least the media that, uh, that put in their predictions for team champion uh, players uh, in the first, second, and third team. And, and Pella is not getting enough attention from other coaches, other media members. Uh, but I tend to agree with you. Tommy knows best uh, in this situation and Pella could become the most vital player on this year's team. And Tommy was referencing with you, could be the the defensive player of the year in the conference. I think he could be just as important offensively for us uh, as he is on that side of the basketball. Uh, And Tommy, see, it knows guys like this. Uh, I think he's had tons of experience at Gonzaga with maybe not your Uber athlete, but your wicked smart, high basketball IQ guy who can, who can play very well Uh, on both sides of the basketball, that's a lot of Gonzaga's rosters over the years, especially along the perimeter. Uh, And I think he's right on point. I'm excited about what Pelican bring. And you just look at what his summer was like uh, internationally. He took a step up in competition with that, and that only is going to make it better for this year.
0: And I look at it too. People kind of, and again, he was preseason all conference. But are people maybe sleeping on how good Azulis Tabellis was because Azulis Tabellis was the player who, again, he was all conference last year. Put up thirty-one and eight again on the Mobley brothers. And if you watch Evan Mobley in the NBA, that's a bad dude right there. It almost feels like people have almost kind of forgotten just how good Zoo is. And you know, obviously struggled at the end of the season, but they should. Zoo could put together a monster year this year.
1: He's got all the tools, uh, right? Physically, he's strong. Uh, I think some of the things that maybe he gets knocked down on is he, he doesn't finish above the rim in traffic. Right. when he's under the rim uh, right. when he's running when he gets kind of that running start he can finish above the rim as well as any running big man in the country and right. i think arizona will take advantage of that again with him him pushing and being that great rim runner with the left hand throwdown. Uh, throw down uh, but zoo can make a big jump now what he's he's got to recognize is still within what his strengths are i think that's if i were to coach him and i'm definitely not a coach uh but i would around sure good ones though rhino i appreciate that uh i i do believe that the jump as a sophomore to junior recognizing okay now he's preseason first team all pack 12 he looks around his the other options offensively that were maybe ahead of him uh, or at least alongside him now are not there Sometimes early on in the season that can become, now it's my team. Now it's my opportunity. I'm going to shoot it every time. I'm going to shoot every three that I have contested or wide open. Uh, I'm going to take every big man off the bounce every time the ball is reversed at the high post. He's got to understand, and I have ultimate faith in Tommy, that he'll teach through this when is the right time. And the right time will become more frequent than it has in the past because of his skill set, but it can't be. Every single time. I just don't see a Jules at that place in his career. And there's very few in Arizona history that had the ultimate green light. Right. Uh, you look at the last handful of years, Ben Matherin comes to mind and not too many more that had, hey, whenever, whoever, go. Like that right. was the, that was the style of play for Ben. And, and he developed that even as the season went on last year.
0: Is this it? And again, no. got a couple reads here. Rhino, since you last joined us, we have a ton of advertisers now. So people picking up right here. Four Peaks Brewery, the official brew of PHNX Sports. Check it out downtown Tempe. We have away game watch parties here. Get about usually 25, 30 people at Tap and Bottle. Four Peaks Brewery there and the DraftKings Sportsbook app. New customers can bet just five bucks on any NBA team to win and get 200 bucks in free plays. If you win, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And if you wanted to bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you might want to take the over on Ben Mather and points right there, Rhino. We're going to get to Ben, though, in a few minutes. Um. I wanted to talk about the comparisons though. I love this. Uh I love having you on because you literally have a frame of reference for every single team. Uh, I love bothering Matt Mulebach generally in the evenings when he gets off. And he says, You and Rhino are the only two that can literally remember every single team season. <laughs> so I want to take you back to 1995, 96 right here. You got yep. Arizona loses Damon Stodemeyer, you know, arguably one of the two or three best players in school history, goes into the season unranked. You've got a, you got, but you've got a lot of talent. You've got JB, you've got Ben Davis, obviously, you know, uh, Ben was the catalyst throughout the year and you had a plethora of solid guys around the perimeter. I don't want to put Reggie as solid because he was on that, but there was a, there was a template there and you guys were able to beat teams up inside, especially early on. Do you think there could be some of that this year with Ballo, with Tabellas, with Vasar just continuously coming at you while you've got the solid role players on the outside?
1: Yeah, very valid uh, comparison on on multiple fronts. I'll start with just what we lost in 90, from, you know, into the 95-96 season. And you mentioned it. Uh, And and it's a similar comparison. Damon Stoudemire, his senior year, 1995, led the Pac-10 at the time in scoring and assists. So mm-hmm. literally every play went through him. Right. It was a lot of on ball screens at the top of the key it was our one and four call. As we had it with loot. Luke. Luke had five play calls. That was it. And, it, mm-hmm. and the one and the four were almost very similar plays. Um, and what Damon did for that team in 95
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: was set the table for, for so many, so much of his teammates. And then obviously led the league in scoring. Uh, we have similar type of transitions, right? You look at how Arizona scored In last season, a lot of ball movement led the nation in assists per mm-hmm. game. So let's not be crazy to think that it was just Ben right. Uh, But the way in which Arizona scored last year is going to have to be different this year based on personnel. Uh, and I do think that that is a very valid comparison when you look at the experience of the core players. You've got Kirk Kreese entering into his third year, Azulis Tabellis in his third year, Pella Larson in his third year, Umar Balo, I believe is in his fourth year. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got some solid, if not better than solid, much like you mentioned, right. Uh, with Arizona's returners into that 95, 96 season. Uh, but no one is going to probably average north of 18, 19 points per game. I, I yeah. think Azulis has the, the potential. I think Pell is going to be a double-digit scorer for sure. I think Umar Balo is going to be a double-digit scorer, but I don't see them in the upper teens pushing into the 20s.
0: Right, uh,
1: And so How Arizona scores is going to be very much different. But the ball movement and the culture and the offensive flow that Tommy started with that foundation last year, I think will really pay dividends on a year this year. It did last year, too. Trust me. But this year, when you don't have Ben Matherin, go get us a bucket anytime we need it. We will rely on more team flow this year than even we did last year. And so I just don't anticipate a huge dip offensively. It will be done differently. Right. There will be times, end of shot clock, end of half, end of games that are close. We're going to have to figure out a way of, you know, the question is who's the go-to guy? Who, well, guess what? There's not a lot of teams across the country that have the one guy that's going to go get his and can right. get it night in and night out in any given year. So Tommy's built that offensive flow foundation and it's very comparable to that transition from the 95 team to the 96 team.
0: I'm not sure that I'm, there's a player I'm more excited to see this year, quite frankly, than Umar Ballo. Now when Umar came in, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if he was just a practice guy. You know, was he a Gene Edgerson? You get in there, you kind of rough people around a little bit, then you go out. But then after, you know, there was a game where he had like 13 and 11 and you saw that, you know, he had some skills. You got the five block shots in the Pac-12 tournament uh, uh, finals. Then he comes back this year and you could tell he's revamped his entire body because I think one of his weaknesses last year was against quick teams. He was a little bit out of, uh, you know, out of his element. I'm really excited this year, Rhino, to see what he can do because he far out or he far surpassed my expectations last year
1: and out outpaced the expectations and did it in such a short time frame yeah uh, like you said maybe the potential was there and I think it was I think tommy would not have had him transfer down if he didn't see that upside uh, but i I was surprised as well. Uh, and, and some of it was just because he didn't have, you didn't have film. You didn't have right. film on Ballo. He didn't get a chance. And and how could he, based on who he was playing behind uh, with Gonzaga, he's had now opportunity, and that opportunity is going to become even more open to him. But, boy, that front line looks pretty formidable uh, when you look at what Azulis, Balo, Vaser, even Dylan Anderson in practice, his, uh, I don't mm-hmm. want to, put too much expectations on Dylan. So let's, let's be cautious Mm -hmm. with these phrases. Uh, but Dylan could have, could have a similar trajectory of Early success that we saw Balo last year, because I think a lot of people have the same expectations or similar low bar for Dylan Anderson this year to be a a contributing player consistently. I think he could surprise some people, and he is legitimately six eleven, if if not pushing seven feet. So you look at that front line led by Balo. Um, there's a lot of good pieces there, and, and Umar's retooling of his physical. Uh, mix and strength. He's got the length already. He's got the size there. There's bright skies ahead for, for Bolo.
0: I'd like to see a little bit of an AJ Bramlett, uh, career trajectory for Dylan Anderson. You come in, obviously you're, you know, first of all, he's well put together. He's put on some really good way to know. Um, and he's not clunky. He can move pretty well. I mean, again, he's not DeAndre Ayton, but he can move pretty well. And you look at him and you're like, this guy could be this guy could be real problems in a year or two. Again, I'm not expecting a ton this year, but you can certainly see where Tom what Tommy Lloyd sees. And he looks like that kind of guy that Gonzaga gets sits him for a year or two. And then Oh, by the way, they're averaging 13 and seven as a sophomore or junior,
1: right? Smart player, Uh, hard, hard working player. I love his his on-court effort, uh, and sometimes I've saw witnessed a couple times in practice uh, early on as a freshman. Your effort sometimes uh, can help you overcome uh, some lack of physicality or or strength, uh, and sometimes it it gets misguided, right? And your, right. your effort just but gets you out of position. But as he learns the system, I couldn't agree more that come come his junior year, uh, I think he could be a very reliable player on both ends of the basketball because of his his mental game, his motor, uh, and his physical traits, you know, filling out into that body and understanding it better. But I think he'll have moments this year. Uh, Mm -hmm, I I just, I don't think it's going to be consistently eight points and seven rebounds, uh, night in night out. Right. Uh, But I could, I could see him in, in pinches in moments where we need to guys have foul trouble. I don't see this massive drop off now, you know, again, We will see come next week with the first exhibition game and then the the first two home games the following week if our assertions are true that he is ready to go. Uh, But I do like what I see so far with Dylan. I think it's a little – my expectations have raised just a little bit Mm because, honestly, it was almost a – is he a redshirt candidate? Right, exactly, right.
0: Right. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm of this opinion, too, with Tommy Lloyd, with the way that he's been able to coach people, with the way that he's been able to evaluate, because a lot of people were out on Dylan Anderson because, you know, his ranking dropped and, you know, his high school ranking dropped. I don't really care if he's good enough for Tommy Lloyd then he's good enough for me. I mean, you look at the man's track record and what he wants to develop. And I think people also need to look at it. Lloyd. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with what, you know, Miller did, but Lloyd has a different philosophy than Miller. Whereas, you know, Miller would lose four or five stars. He'd bring in four or five stars. You can tell that Lloyd is far more interested in kind of, it, not that Miller wasn't, but internal improvement and getting guys in here that are the right fit year in and year out that you can grow with. And, you know, you can win basketball games both ways. So, I think a lot of people say, well, I just want to see the McDonald's All-Americans. You know this better than anybody watching loot up close. JT was not close to being a McDonald's All-American. Damon wasn't close to being it. You know, Mike D, Miles Simon, these guys, these were not McDonald's All-Americans, but they they had the potential to be. And I think that's what Tommy Lloyd's got going for him.
1: If you look at Tommy's you know motto mission, however you want you know want to think about it, regardless of your rankings, regardless of if you're gonna be on campus for ten months and be a one and done, it's all about player development. And if that right. player development uh, timeline is ten months, then so be it. We're gonna develop you. Uh, if it's four years, we're gonna develop you. and and I think with that as your focus and you start there and work backwards into how do you fill out your roster, uh, Tommy's got a good approach, and I think he's looking at a more well-rounded approach in regards to uh, we, we do need a healthy mix of, of some uber-talented guys that could mm-hmm. be a one-and-done, could be athletically inclined to a point where you're only going to see him on campus for one year, but you, you swing the pendulum too far in that direction. Uh, and you have you have to refill the apple cart every single year. Problematic. You swing it the other way and all you have is developmental guys. Do you guys get enough time? Do you are you able to turn around a program like Arizona as quickly as you can? You can't swing it too far that way either. Uh, and so I'm hopeful that Tommy is able to to get what I believe he wants is that healthy mixture. Kylan Boswell fits fits that exactly. mold. Uh, mm-hmm. When you look at pushing the envelope of a mcdonald's all-american level player i don't think he's one and done but i think he is at that high level ranking so we're starting to see tommy sprinkle in and he's obviously hot on the recruiting trail which is not today's focus uh of, of our talk but the recruiting focus that he's looking at i think is that healthy mix
0: no, no doubt. I got a couple players I wanted to ask you about and some comparisons real quick though. Morefurniture.com, M O R furniture.com. They've redone the entire PHNX studios. If you want, if you have cool stuff like Rhino does in there and you want to get some really cool furniture, you know, to put with your U of A mementos, check out morefurniture.com and Tap and Bottle. Again, the place to be for all Arizona basketball and football away game watch parties. Come hang out with me, drink a couple beers, and we can talk and back the A. Uh, tap and bottle downtown. Great times. Okay, Adama, Adama Ball. Um, people ask me about him, and I have, first of all, I'm, I'm a big fan. And you could tell by the, the end of the year when Tommy Lloyd was asked about him, and he said, should, maybe should have played him a little bit sooner. That was, you know, but he said, you know, we were pumping the brakes here because he's younger. If Adama Ball was to average four points a game this year, Wouldn't surprise me if he's averaged 10 points a game this year. It wouldn't surprise me. To me, Rhino, he is the ultimate wild card. Maybe a Michael Dickerson type going into his sophomore year.
1: Couldn't agree more on let's, let's continue to pump the brakes on him. I, his uh, offensive output and productivity per minute played at the end of the year was off the charts right? Uh, and that excited all of us, right? I mean, he hit some very timely buckets in the PAC 12 tournament uh, offensively. He was even important in the TCU game where he came off the bench mm-hmm. and was a little bit of a, a microwave uh, type of an offensive yeah. player. Vinny Johnson. Um, yeah, he was there. And, and so it's easy for fans. It's easy for you and I to try to project that out and say, ah, if we saw that the end of the year, then he's just going to become Mike D, right? He's going to be as a sophomore, he's going to average double digits. I want to pump the brakes a bit because of his age. Uh, he is still very, very young. And as you extrapolate minutes, the expectation of you becoming a more well-rounded player, then start to weigh on you and start to, you kind of start poking holes a little bit with the makeup of the roster last year it's not that adama didn't have to defend but he really didn't have to defend when he was right. out there with dalen christian ben got a lot and of and people he, cleaning up mistakes right he wasn't responsible for defending one of the best offensive players on the opposing team if he made a mistake he had any racer behind him uh, we still have some good size but i i agree with you that Ooh, I'm very intrigued. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can see a confidence in him, and I know he is a is an extremely hard worker. We talked about this at the end of of the season last year. After every home game, there was one guy out yeah. of the locker yeah. room right away getting work done and it was adama ball right. uh, now he didn't play as much last year so that is part of a routine that you like to see guys that don't get played in time in a game are getting extra work in not just to make themselves better but just to keep their their physical stamina up so i like that because he appears to be a gym rat and gym rats typically make the best jumps uh you know you may not have all the physical tools but uh, i think adama i want to pump the brakes i just don't envision if i were to to make a prediction and and you said it right it could be four points it could be 10 points and and i don't know i think it's going to be probably closer to four but it could be 10 12 16 on any given night right it it may not be every night but i think he could go off go three for four from the three-point line hit a couple runners and layups uh in a game where he's really feeling it and the matchups right where it wouldn't surprise me if he went for 16 on a couple of nights in succession in the pac 12. Uh, But then I just don't see him yet doing that night in and night out. So that, that would be, if you had one phrase, pump the brakes on Adama.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then that's the thing too. Like you said, Rhino, he's 18 and a half, you know, Tommy Lloyd talked about it. Um, you know, Tommy Lloyd talked about it up in Phoenix earlier this summer where he said, you get kids now that are double holdbacks that are coming in as 20-year-old freshmen, and now you've got Adama who's coming in as a 17-year-old. He said, you don't see that very much anymore. So people need to – again, there's a lot of talent there. People also like what they've seen limited limited doses right there. And I will say he is enticing because when he made the three – the one that really stuck in my mind, though, is when he made the pull-up th- – or the pull-up uh, – I can't remember. It was I think it was in the NCAA tournament, and it yeah, was like it was
1: transition three. Yeah,
0: and it was like whoa! I did not see that because that's generally the last part of a guy's game to develop like that, and he shot it with confidence. Now, Kerr Kresa here. Speaking of gym rats, I well, here's what I want out of Kerr. And Kerr gets beat up a lot. I love Kerr because I love anybody that's going to take big shots. And a lot of guys say they want big shots. Kerr will take it. He might not make it, but he wants it. All I'd like to see from him: forty percent from the field, forty percent from three. He's got that in him. Um, boost those percentages up five or six points, and I think the rest takes care of itself.
1: You know, Mike. Um, every year, some of the same questions come come to mind. You, you use the phrase. I think Adama is the is maybe the biggest wild card. Mm-hmm. The next the next most commonly used phrase on October twenty eighth is who's the X factor? Right. If they do more than what you expect, Arizona's gonna have a great season. If they do less than, who's the one pivot point guy? I don't know if it's Kerr because it could be Umar Balo and it could be right. Pella probably just as much. And and Azulis is maybe even higher than that. If Azulis right. plays at the Pac-12 player of the year status, right now we're talking. But Kerr Kreese, a ball in his hands, uh, initiator of offense, uh, really probably an underrated passer. I think when you look at his Agreed. stats, I don't think he gets enough credit for his assists per game. 4.7 uh, uh, yeah. last
0: year. I mean, yeah. that, that's good and, stuff. And,
1: That will go up this year because it's going to have to. Um, I I agree with you on his shooting percentages and his decision-making. Those two coupled together, he's going to have to make a jump for Arizona and become the consistent, productive player. And then when I say productive, again, doesn't need to lead the league in assist, doesn't need to lead the league in points, uh, but he has to be reliable night in and night out to get you 10 points. He's got to be reliable night in and night out to dish out – five assists a game, right. and you can't have him have four turnovers. He needs to limit the one for 12 nights right. uh, and recognize what PGA golfers do. And I've talked to some guys that have been very good golfers at the U of A, just barely missing out on consistently playing in the PGA tour, like Chris Nayland and some other U of A Ooh. guys. And, and their analogy was this. They said, the PGA guys, it's not that they can shoot 67. On any given round, it's that they don't blow up on the third round of right. four round they they go a four-round tournament. Minimize mistakes. Right. Minimize mistakes. I think that's where, to me, where Kirk Risa can make the biggest jump is minimize mistakes in regards to turnovers. Minimize the blowups. I don't. We don't need 0 for 14. Uh, We can't have 0 for 8 from the three-point line. If it's not his night, he has to recognize how he can impact the game in a positive way that may not be knocking down the deep three and just minimize mistakes, and that will be, as a floor general, maybe the most important thing for him for Arizona.
0: Speaking of some guys, too, that uh, Courtney Ramey and Cedric Henderson Jr. So they both come in, and first of all, I love everything that I've heard from both of them. Uh, We had Cedric Henderson Sr. on who played in the NBA for about five years. And he said that the thing that really uh, attracted him about Tommy Lloyd was that he came in there and he said, "Your son, you know, we got to get his motor up a little bit, but he can really be a defender. He can be a finisher for us." And Courtney Ramey said much of the same thing. So you got kids coming in here that I mean, and Cedric Henderson put up 18 and 11 on Duke last year. I mean, he he could play. And uh, uh, Courtney Ramey was an All Big 12 guy as a junior and all uh, all defense. And they came in talking about defense and about how Tommy Lloyd talked about how they could fit a very specific and important role right here. Getting guys to buy in that early, especially ones that all have pro hopes. That's a real feather in the cap to these kids and to Tommy Lloyd.
1: Yeah, and I, I do look at the rest of the roster for for the recruitment of those guys. Uh, I know Kirk Kersa might have been the most important recruiter of Courtney Ramey through this entire process to get him to Arizona. Of, of can you you know I want to play with you and here's how it's going to go and and you're hearing it from me not from Tommy or Jack Murphy, uh, right. who is leading those charges. Uh, you know anytime in this era, you know schools are going to sprinkle in those transfers and and what are you looking for guys for the most part. Uh, I just don't, I haven't seen guys become brand new players, uh, when they make and especially in Cedric's case, a move from a mid-level to, to a higher right. level night in, night right. out. Uh, they, you really kind of are who you are. So if you're a, if you have the ability to defend at the mid-level and, and you can score consistently in certain ways, uh, that I think Cedric is not going to be a knockdown shooter, but he's going to get garbage buckets. He's going to get transition buckets. And I, I use garbage buckets and people can turn that into, oh gosh, he has no offensive game. Let's not go there. That's not what right. I'm saying. But I think he's got a motor to get you. Mm-hmm. The ball kind of goes to him. He's a little bit of a magnet when I've watched him. It's just he's in the right place at the right time. Uh, and Courtney has the ability to, to be a, a, a very good three-point shooter, but you don't use the phrase prolific. I don't think he's going to be a prolific perimeter scorer. How about year. timely? I like timely. I like the maturity of these guys. I like the, the second chance opportunity for them and recognizing we want to play at Arizona because we want to be on the big stage. We want to play for championships. Uh, and we want to be a part of a culture that it's not just us taking over, it's us as being a critical piece to that operation. And that's probably the most exciting thing for me in my interactions and, and watching and observations of those two guys is recognizing how they can help the team Uh, And it may not be in points every night. It's going to be Courtney Ramey's going to get in your shorts defensively. I love watching him defend on the perimeter. And that's not sexy, Mike. That's in in a lot of cases, that's not glamorous. That's not going to get you on SportsCenter's top 10 uh, list every night. But what it's going to do is going to help the team. And it's going to fill a void uh, where – where we need more great perimeter defenders. Uh, and and so I love those two insertions for the maturity, the recognition of roles, uh, and that's maybe the most important piece when you bring in four-year transfers like this through the portal is recognizing who they can be versus who they really aspire and want to be. If they know who they are and, and recognize that, that's even better for Arizona and, and any team.
0: All right, Rhino, I wanted to ask you a little bit before because we got practice get to go to at one o'clock. And by the way, when I got that email, um, I was in the process of texting you saying, hey, can we move this earlier? Because get yep. to go watch practice, which is I've all, that's all I've been thinking about. But then, to me, when, when I think of the best NBA player from the U of A, He didn't have the longest career, but Gilbert Arenas to me is always the standard. He's the one guy where you're like, man, at one point he was one of the five, six best players in the league. Obviously, that was a shorter window. You can make cases for other people. I watch Ben Matherin now, and I started to think it a little bit towards the end of the year, but with his ability to score at all three levels – with his ability to be able – first of all, he's got a lot more wiggle off the bounce than he did as a freshman now where he can get people off you know, off of either a hesitation, you know, around – I look at Ben Matherin and I wonder to myself, could this be a guy who could be a 23, 24-point-per-game guy in the league because I think he's got that potential there at Rhino. And there's not a lot of players that I've thought that about. There's been a lot of players I thought were 17, 18-point-per-game guys. Ben might have a little bit of a next-level type feel to him.
1: I mean – I. I don't think you're wrong on any observation there, and and when you, I'm with you on Gilbert Arenas, um, and, I, and the greatest NBA player to ever play at Arizona is a very ambiguous phrase because you just mm-hmm. said it. Is it longevity? Well, Andre and Jason Terry are in pretty good company. Yeah. Is it championships? Andre takes that hands down. Is it All Star Game appearances? Sean Elliott's in the mix, um, and it it's it's a difficult. Thing, I'm sorry, Steve Kerr championships. I can't Mm -hmm. forget his his rings. Steve'll be
0: okay with the omission.
1: (laughs) I think he's fine with that. He's not going to come hunt me down. Uh, But you you do look at what Ben's able to do, and I I will throw this in there. I think Tommy's one year with Ben is going to make him such a a better NBA player because he created a more well-rounded, all-around offensive star. Right, Uh, the ability to pass off the bounce. Uh, negotiate on ball screens. Uh, at the end of the year, Ben and Christian was our was maybe our best offensive right. tandem when it came to pin downs and and on ball screen actions on the wing or at the top of the key because you just loved what Ben's know how because he could step back and hit a three behind an on ball. He could turn the corner, stop and pop. He could finish in traffic. He's throwing lobs right. to Coloco. He's hitting you know Dalen Terry in the corner for threes that translated so well to the NBA. And we're seeing that already. Uh, What I, what I really looked to in this first, what, four to five games games. of Ben's career in the NBA, his four game career, 104 points, right? Mm -hmm. Rick Carlisle's trust and confidence to give him the ball and say, get your shot. You look at his shot attempts for rookies that are not starting Yeah, he's up there with Paolo. He's he has more shot attempts, I think, in two of the four games he played than even his starting guys that that at at similar spots or even across the the landscape of the box score. So knowing that Rick Carlisle, who Mm -hmm. has as much experience in the league as anybody, says you're the guy and I'm just having you off the bench for now. I think it's a matter of time before he gets inserted in the starting lineup and that he's saying, get your shot. Uh, I think that speaks volumes about Ben's upside and, and ceiling in the NBA to be a prolific offensive weapon.
0: All right. Before we sign off here, I've seen Jack Murphy twice now in about the past three weeks. And first of all, Jack Murphy walked by me at McHale and he yelled out back the A and he said it twice. Then Jack Murphy also, when I was at a practice about two weeks ago, looked down at the A on the court and said, back the A. Jack Murphy, even if he won't publicly acknowledge, which I think he would, is part of the back the A movement. Ryan Hansen, can, will you join the back the A movement? Join Jack Murphy in this.
1: Well, I'm gonna, it might have not been officially documented, but I have been backing the A for a long time. But let's put it on record right now. It's t- if you're not backing the A, it's time to back the A today. Uh, and so I hope all your listeners, everybody that's watching, I have a feeling they're already on the movement because there is a significant movement. I mean, the CatTrans shuttle is every single day roaming the streets of campus, backing the A, uh, and I'm excited about what you got going on here, Mike. It's it's great,
0: Rhino. I can't thank you enough, my man. I'm gonna hop in the shower and head to practice, and I will see you up there. All right, it's gonna be fun. Thanks again, Ryan Hanson. I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.